and, the, and like in everything, the truth is found in the middle. We are responsible for what we do and we have to be responsible to God because he's going to make an accounting for us. But by the same time, in Jesus Christ, we see how merciful this God really is. Um, this was a promise that we made. Do you resolve to maintain and deepen the spirit of prayer that is proper to your way of life and in keeping with this spirit in what is required of you to celebrate faithfully the liturgy of the hours with and for the people of God and indeed for the whole world? I do. And basically what that does is that we consecrate the day to God. So continuously we're lifting our hearts, our minds, our souls, our voices in praise to God. I think all of us sitting around this table and all of our listeners, there is no right or wrong way to pray. You know, I get distracted. Do you get distracted, Father? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You get distracted? Yeah. Very much. You know, we all get distracted. You've got, I always go back to the definition of prayer is the ra prayer is the raising of the heart and mind to God. That's all it is. As my brother-in-law, Dave Smith, God rest his soul, used to say as he started his sports play-by-play -play radio shows, good evening and welcome. I'm Tony Miller with KCDM, your host for the show this evening. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Pastor's Perspective. This week, we'll take a look at what the prayer life of a priest looks like. That should be an interesting conversation. We are in the 25th week of Ordinary Time and we'll be previewing the Gospel of Luke for the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Around the table tonight, we have Father Mike. Good evening. And Father Marty. Hello, everybody. And Father Dennis. Hello, everyone. And Father James is at baby preschool, is that what you said? Yeah, he's a... Uh... Um, for the first five years um, of ordination, the priest of the state of Iowa get together to discuss different topics and everything. So we call it um, baby preschool. <laughs> Not preschool, but priest school. <laughs> I hope Father James realized that before he signed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. Uh, in the news and notes tonight, I cannot believe how fast this year is going. We've already got Labor Day in our rearview mirror, and we've got Advent and Christmas is just around the corner. So it, it time, I guess time flies when you're having fun. Is that is that what we're, we're going with tonight? Yes. Um, how about a recap of the Fall Fest at St. Mary's? Uh, how did that go? Did uh, Father Marty, did you get your traditional piece of pie? I did. Um, I, I actually had someone bring me a piece of coconut cream. And then someone else told me that there were lots of pieces of cherry pie still up there. So I opted for a coconut cream this time. Ah, okay. But that, the meal was very, very good. All right. So the food was good. Because yes. we were promoing the contest with the priest beforehand, but we didn't really promo the food that well. So. Oh, no. The food was great. 
Um, Father James got wet a lot of times. Um, there was there's two things that happened um, that I thought were really neat. Um, first of all, there was, and both of these probably maybe four or five year olds. And the first one was um, a, a little boy. He came up, and um, his PE teacher was sitting in the dunk tank. Okay. And you know he was threatened with uh, lots of you're running extra laps if you dunk me. And as soon as he hit the red thing and she went down and the, the look on his face, his eyes got as big about half dollars and then he just started smiling and laughing and, and it, it was just neat. And then there was another kid, maybe a little bit younger than he was. Um, the only bad thing about that one was he was wearing an Aaron Rodgers shirt, so he's a Packer fan. Um, but, uh, you know, he would throw up there and Father James is like, ah, you pew, down he went. And, it's, and every time he paid money, you know, it's like down went Father James. So it was pretty cool. Well, how At least was, I thought it was pretty cool. How was the, uh, the the chipping? Did you have a lot of people who were out chipping you? Or? We did have a lot of uh, chippers. Not a lot of chippers? But, but it was fun. Um, it was a little windy, so we had the wind at our back. I hit two or three of them into the parking lot. So it's a good <laughs> thing that we had plastic golf balls instead of real ones, I guess. So and the uh, the the day started out a little ominous with the rain, but then cleared up. And, and it did. It was it was very very good, and I'm not sure if the wind affected any ping pong balls. Did it? No, we used the garage, so we were good. So there's no wind in the garage. No. So so how many people beat you? How many people? No, no you? one was able to beat me. Oh, and uh, come on, it's a fundraiser. Yes, but you know, <laughs> if I lose, that means no one is going to 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 stand for for the competition, so I needed to stay. That's why people would come and say, let me beat him. Yeah, but if you beat up on everybody, no one wants to play you. Oh, they were very excited. <laughs> they were the losers. <laughs> Folks, that's Father Dennis, care of Divine Mercy Parish, 502 West Mount Pleasant Street, West Burlington, Iowa, 52655. Do not write the pastor on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Father, were you, really, were you always very humble in your victory? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good, especially with the last four. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to go back to this humility, humbleness thing. Because when we were just hitting the ball around, he says, why don't we play a game so I can smash it? Smash you, yeah, with the humidity. <laughs> I can smash you. All right, all right, all right. Well, for the Marty, by the way, he's good. He played with me in ping pong. Oh, he's really good. good. Yeah, he's good. Is he good? Oh yes, oh, oh yes. I didn't know he had that game. I was surprised. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I can't. I can't play ping pong. I don't have any depth perception. So mm. well, something. Something else good happened that weekend because I was at the parish because these other priests were out having fun, mm -hmm. and I I had the ten thirty mass and we got the people out in one hour with a sermon and everything. Although I didn't preach, but there's the caveat. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. It was uh, it was Deacon Weekend, wasn't right. it? It was Deacon Weekend. Which class? What graduating class of Notre Dame? Class was of nineteen sixty seven. I didn't know they were coming, but we had a good time. Sixty seven. They were younger than me. So. They were. I was only a year old when they graduated high school. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> I said that once. Um, I was at Holy Family in Davenport when I was vocation director, mm -hmm. and the class of 1961 was there. Okay. And I said, you know, you were you graduated five years before I was even yeah. born, and people <laughs> laughed except for one of the graduates who decided to write the most Reverend Martin Amos at the Diocese of Davenport mm -hmm. about me. Really? Yeah, I got called in on that one. So. Do you know that I have that class coming up, the, the, the class of 1961? They want to celebrate their anniversary again. So 
That was one of my favorite classes in Sumption High School, so we're going to celebrate again one of these Well, classes. don't say that you weren't born that. I will. Don't write a letter to Thomas Zinkula. I, I won't. I will. Okay. That was the year I was born, 1961. <laughs> oh, um, I was 18 years old at the time, so. Very good. Uh, do we have any other news or notes to... Uh, to, to bring to the well, people? the big thing is that, um, and I know that one of the complaints about the church is that we're, we're always talking about money, but we do, um, we um, do have our annual diocesan appeal starting, and this goes to support the mission and the ministries of the diocese, including our marriage tribunal, retired priests, hospital chaplains, vocations, our faith formation office. I know I'm missing lots and lots of them, but... Um, we do need your support this year again, and two weeks after that, we'll be kicking off the capital campaign phase of Upon This Rock. And so it's going to be money all over the place. The one thing that I look at it is that, you know, 80% of Jesus's parables were about money. So it's, it comes down to our attitude and what we give to support the diocese, the church, and the parish. So, Very good. Yes, Father Dennis. Yeah, I think uh, many people are aware that we had the pilgrimage with the senior students of Notre Dame. Ah. Yeah. I prayed so, for you yesterday at Mass. Oh, thank you so much. You're and welcome. We were able to, at, to, to, to attend the two shrines ah. in Wisconsin. Okay. One is the shrine of uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. It is really oh, a you. huge shrine. And the other shrine, for sure, this is a national recognize the shrine of uh, our mother of good help, our lady of good help in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And that is the only place which is approved for the uh, for a Marian apparition mm -hmm. in the country. So we are able to pray, to attend the masses, to do personal meditations, personal intentions. It was really cool. Wonderful. I thought you visited a third shrine. Which one is that? Lambeau Field, home of the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> don't some people call that a shrine? I don't. Uh, I don't think so, but some people were really influencing me because among the team, some were the Packers, and they say, Father, how do you see? Are you going to be a Packer today? And I said, mm, I'm inclined to the Bears. They said, No, I don't say that. <laughs> All right. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Monsters of the Midway. You also had to come back and live with a, a Chicago fan, right? Yeah. So you had to be careful who yeah. you, who you endorsed. That's a long way to drive up oh, there. Oh, yes. But really, it was so elevating to the students. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. And to us also. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, Father Mike, uh, you want to get us started with an opening prayer? I will be happy to do so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we gather tonight to talk about the wondrous gift that you give us in teaching us how to pray. Obviously, the most wonderful example is the Our Father itself, but there are many others. Give us the wisdom now to express in our own words and experience of our own life how we communicate with you. We ask all of this now through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Mike. Well, tonight the posse will discuss Luke's gospel for the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time, and that's chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. And in this reading, Jesus reiterates his calling to us to use our wealth to benefit others and does it in a rather graphic manner. 
Father Dennis, you have our reading tonight? Yes. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and a fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his, at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they, they too come to this place of, tor of torment. But uh, Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father Dennis. This is a pretty graphic depiction of hell. Uh, is this the same Lazarus that Jesus raises from the dead, or is Lazarus just a common name among the Jews? I'm guessing it's a common name. It's not the same Lazarus, um, because he would be the, uh, the brother of the Martha and Mary. And so, um, and my other guess is that um, this is a parable of Jesus. And so, um, and it's the only parable. And correct me, Father Dennis, Father Mike, if I'm wrong here, but I don't think I am. It's the only parable that, that Jesus uses a proper name for okay. um, in a parable. Am I wrong there? Or no, I don't think I am. no, I think you're right. Yeah. So it, Lazarus just really represents the poor right? in, in this parable. Yes, and, and I think the other thing too, and this is the part that scares me um, about it because... And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it around, you know, this way. 
we have people in Burlington that sometimes shows up on, you know, like a Facebook page that's the Des Moines County Scanner Group or whatever. Okay. And, and they might talk about certain individuals. Well, this person is here, this person is there, or they might refer to something. They'll, they'll automatically assume that it's this person or another person. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and the part that scares me is that the rich man knew the name of the beggar. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, the poor man died, da, 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 where he is in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip wow. the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. You know, and, and, and there's names of people that we know who need our help, but so often we ignore them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the part that scares me because, you know, at, at, the, at my judgment, will there be people there that maybe I've ignored or I have failed to help? Mm -hmm. And maybe some that I know by name. Yeah. I think this, this, this gospel really is so strong because sometimes Jesus can come in various ways through a needy person like Lazarus or through various people and ways which sometimes you don't even recognize. And now the way you respond to that need of that time will determine also the way God will, will either welcome you into heaven or something different. I don't like to mention her because, yeah, it doesn't sound good, but that is what can happen. Mm-hmm. Father Marty, you mentioned that the rich man was asking for Lazarus to bring him down a drop of water to cool his tongue um, because he was in torment in the flames. Are, are people who doubt the existence of hell simply ignoring the end of Luke 16 and the other references to hell in the gospel? Is this, is this one of the only references of, to hell in the gospel or are there oh, no, there's, there's other references. And, and I think that what's happened is, and, and this is something... Um, Father Mike, we have to be very careful about, I think. And, and I, I mention you by name because I think you've seen both sides of the pen, um, pendulum. You know, where, you know, the pendulum at one time was, you know, God was very strict. Mm -hmm. God was watching everything that we were doing. And, and, you know, and we were raised with there's consequences to our actions. Absolutely. You know, there's consequences to our sins. Mm -hmm. Well, then in the 70s and that, the pendulum swung over to the other side. Right. Well, God is mercy. God isn't going to send anyone to hell. You know, everyone's getting in the hell or in the heaven. Sorry. Um, you know, so the pendulum swung, but I think the pendulum needs to be in the middle mm -hmm. is that um, I believe by our actions or, you know, in the confidior that we pray at mass, you know, and what I have done and what I have failed to do, oh, okay. that's the judgment Okay. You know, and, and I remember when I was at St. Ambrose, and you might have heard Father Strube say this. I think it was Father Strube. Love Father Strube. I do too. You know? I do too. But, you know, one of the things, and there's other people that have said this too, that I have to believe there's hell, but I don't have to believe anybody's there. Do you remember him saying I that? Yeah. Okay. I do. And, and the thing is, is that, and, and I think when we get that way, we get lax. Mm -hmm. You know, that there are, you know, if we ignore the poor, if we ignore the teachings of the church, you know, that yes, Christ did come to save. Right. But 
there is those consequences for our actions. Yeah. We don't like to hear it. Right. The pendulum in the middle, I, I heard, I don't know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago where we said God doesn't send anybody to hell. You, you, you do that yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that would be the pendulum kind of being in the middle is that you've, you've got to make the choice which way you're going to go. Mm -hmm. And also something I think to, to, to comment is heaven is not a nation of one day. That when you go to, maybe when you, you die, that, that is the time you go to heaven. No. Yeah, it is the time you can go to heaven or elsewhere. But you need, what I want to make is you need to work on it when right. you are still alive. It is not something which comes like, yeah, I'm in heaven already. It is a process. You need to work day by day, work on your faith day by day. And that comes like a gift at the end of your life. Once you, once you die, it's too late. Uh, I don't know. Or, or, or is there, uh, I've heard about intentions and, and... Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's never too late with God. But I think that what, I think even when we get there, I think it's going to be where our heart is oriented to. Right. And I think if on earth, if our heart is selfish, if it's not open, I'm not sure it's going to be open Absolutely. when we, afterwards. Wise philosopher once said that we die the way we live. So, uh, building on what Father Marty said, you know, uh, and that happens a lot. I've seen that just in, in being with people during that death agony, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. that uh, you try to get people who really had no faith, you try to really stimulate whatever faith might be there at the, at the moment of death, and they don't have any. They just, they're, they're taking death the way they took everything else for granted in life, whereas seeing it as an opportunity that in just a few minutes they're going to see the face of God. And uh, Father Marty made reference to the fact that I remember both sides of the pendulum, and unfortunately I do. I remember as a child growing up, having my image of God was as a taskmaster and as a stern judge, and he was ready to condemn like the cop on the block that was about ready to get you and put you in jail. And then as I grew up, that whole image of God in people's minds changed. He became a happy Santa Claus that was going to let everybody through regardless of what they did. And, the, and like in everything, the truth is found in the middle. We are responsible for what we do, and we have to be responsible to God because he's going to make an accounting for us. But by the same time, in Jesus Christ, we see how merciful this God really is. And I, and I think there's two points you make there, um, you know, in relation to last week and this week. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, you know, give me an accounting of your stewardship. Yeah. Okay? And I, and I think, you know, that was the parable from last week. Um, give give me an accounting of your stewardship. So we're going to be held accountable, right? And and I think the second point is that remember who these parable is addressed to, that's right. and that's the other part that scares me because <laughs> I mean he's addressing it to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time. That's right. And every time you know it was like I said in a, in a daily homily because we went through this a few weeks ago. Woe to you Pharisees! And every time I heard that, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, give it to him. Yeah. And then I'm like, hey, he's giving it to me. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that as, as priests, that we are held to a little bit of a higher standard. You know, so when he addresses this parable, and if you go to a verse before this that we don't get, and it, it comes right after the parable that we've got for last week, mm -hmm. the Pharisees who love money heard all these things and sneered at him. Hmm, that's right. 
And he said to them, you justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is of human esteem is an abomination in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's why everybody, people. sometimes people think that there's no justice even with God, but there is justice. And at the end, justice shall be given to everybody. So nobody should feel like some people are cheating even God because they lived a bad life and they don't have to make an accounting for it. Uh, we all are going to have to make an accounting. And on the other side, very close to it, we're all going to be rewarded for the good things that we've done, even the things that we've forgotten. Mm -hmm. God hasn't, he doesn't forget. And so we're going to be rewarded. So when our Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, as he says that through the prophets, it means don't, don't you become a judge of other people, but you let the Lord enact justice. And he will, he will. And I think that's the other thing too. That was the other point I wanted to make. And it, um, it kind of went in and out of my head, but you just triggered it again. Yeah. You know, what do we proclaim every Sunday? In the creed, yeah. he will come to judge the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we forget that God is going to be our judge. Right. Yeah, there is uh, this idea. Some people, when they read, for example, this parable today, they see um, hell, like, hell like a place of fire. And they don't get the concept of what hell is and heaven is. Can we speak about it more to get to give a clear idea to the listeners what is hell in fact? Well, maybe that's a topic we can talk about closer to All Souls Day. Oh yeah, oh yes, oh yes. You know the last things because for me, you know, we always, you know, one of the things is we take the language of God and we try to bring it into our human terms. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're trying to explain sometimes the unexplainable with human terms, so we think of hell as fire and everything. Um, you know, one of the things that I think hell is going to be, I think it's going to be very dark mm -hmm. because we're going to be away from the light of God, right. the light of God's love. That's what, that's what I've heard hell described at is the, the, the lack of God, the being, not being in the presence of God, God anymore. Right. right. And, and I think a couple other points need to be made here too, because in, you have to remember two things. Number one, Luke is, is very strong for the poor. Now, just because you're poor isn't an automatic in the heaven either. Like you said, Father Mike, mm -hmm. you know, all of us, rich, poor, are going to be judged. Mm -hmm. Okay? You know, um, for all we know, you know, we don't, I mean, if you take the parable at face value, you know, Lazarus must have been a pretty good person. He's with the bosom, of, he's in the bosom of Abraham. Right. You know, but you know, what if Lazarus wasn't the best person? What if he tried the, you know, the steel and da 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 da? Um, I have a good story about that too, about Mayor of the Guardia. But, uh, um, and while I've mentioned it, I'll bring it up. I might have taken a story and going to use my homily. But, you know, that somebody was brought in during the Depression and he was a judge, mm -hmm. you know, before he was mayor. So he'd take time on the bench every so often. And a store owner brought in a, a gentleman who stole a loaf of bread to feed his family. And he goes, are you sure you won't um, drop charges? He goes, no. And he goes, fine. And, you know, Mayor LaGuardia takes a quarter out of his pocket to pay the guy's fine. And then he finds everyone in the courtroom that someone has to steal to feed their family. Even the guy who brought the charges had to pay that fine. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think we're going to be judged on how we treat the poor. Um, I don't think, you know, it's an automatic just because you're poor. No, it isn't. But, but I think it is something that we will be judged on. Right. And the, the poor spend a long, you know, their life on earth is long uh, because they're receiving what is bad. Uh, but an eternity with God is their reward. 
So is the short time of good life for the rich in this life going to be worth an eternity in torment for those who don't help the less fortunate see a glimpse of Jesus on earth? Well, and I think, I think the point there is that um, we, we want satisfaction, instant satisfaction. You know, that's why we run a credit card debt and other kinds of debt, you know. Right. Um, you know, I want this, I want this, I want this. You know, um, it's, it's, it's about the here and now. And in God's eyes, you know, a thousand years are like a second, a second is like a thousand years. Um, and so we don't always think in the terms of God. Right. And I think that what Father Mike was saying about the, the pendulum being, you know, in the 60s. I was born in 61, so I went to Catholic school up through fourth grade, and then we couldn't afford it anymore. Um, and, and that was back when Catholic school was, was nuns taught Catholic school to keep the cost down. Um, so I grew up in the fire and brimstone. Uh, my early recollections of the church were fire and brimstone, and that's back when we had a communion rail. and. Uh, to communion on the tongue and all that stuff. So uh, I think that's kind of where I get my uh, my view of the church of, of God is a little a little tougher, a little harder. I think mm-hmm. sometimes. And and I think the other thing too is you have to listen to the last part of it of the parable too, because Luke is writing you know after the resurrection and everything, and a lot of people had trouble believing that someone could rise from the dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the important part there is that, you know, what Luke is saying, well, if someone comes back from the dead, you know, they're not going to listen to them either. Right. Because they didn't listen to Jesus when he was, you know, during his ministry. So the the rich man kind of gives us some shades of Ebenezer Scrooge and wants to send uh, Lazarus down to his five brothers who are still on earth. Talk a little bit about ignoring the prophets, which you've already started to do, Father Marty. And the prophets today would be the Bible and the church, would you say? Being persuaded by someone who rose from the dead and still not believing. So is that a reference for us to Jesus today? Mm-hmm. Very I much so. so. Sure. I think we are extremely blessed in this particular time period because you look at the last five popes or four popes and they've all been canonized saints except for the ones that are still alive. Uh, that's highly remarkable. I can remember when I was a kid growing up, the last pope to be canonized a saint was the pope who was pope from up into the turn of the century, into the 20th century. And I thought, boy, that's very remarkable. When I was a young priest in Davenport, my pastor gave me a picture, an autographed picture of Pope St. Pius X, who's the pope I'm referring to. And I treasure that, you know. Well, now, dear Lord, I met one of those popes that had been made a saint, you know, Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II. I met Mother Teresa personally, shook hands with her, talked to her, and she's a saint in heaven now. So Mm -hmm. God is giving us in our generation many examples of modern-day prophets who are telling us what God expects of us as as modern-day Christians. And uh, on top of that, he's giving us uh, so many examples in the miracles uh, I don't know if people are familiar, but with each one of these popes, each one of these saints that is canonized, there has to be at least three miracles. There has to be one for their blessed and for being blessed, and there has to be two when they are canonized saints of the church. Mm, okay. That's why it takes so long for them to be named saints, because it's the direct responsibility that the church places on God himself to work a miracle to tell us that they truly are in heaven with him. And we're seeing that all over today. And these these miracles are recorded in the annals of church history. 
And uh, with the computer the way it is today, we can we can get a hold of those and mm-hmm. find out who these people were. Right, and the divine mercy and divine the apparitions mercy, of the Mary apparition and the Blessed Mother. Oh, we're really in a very blessed situation today if we only realized it. Yeah, I think we we have so many so many testimonies which can help us to increase our faith. Mm-hmm. God sends prophets every moment, every day. But the challenge is, do we recognize that these are the prophets? Sometimes even we priests, some people look at priesthood like a profession. You are saying mass, you you, you, you do what you are supposed to do, and that's all. But they don't see that these are ministers who are fulfilling their ministry in the person of Christ. Instead right. of seeing the Christ in two priests, they see Father Mike, who is uh, sometimes preaching along. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that how I'm going to be remembered? They <laughs> <laughs> see Father Mike, I don't know, whatever, Father Dennis. Instead of seeing in us the image of Christ and they embrace what we preach to them with humility and uh, with love, they just see us as right. any person. And sometimes we forget ourselves. So we yeah. forget in looking at each other. Yeah. The great gifts. That's one of the great things about this man across the table from me, Father Marty, mm-hmm. is that you know I, I have been given a gift in seeing the gifts that he has, if you can understand that. Mm-hmm. And he uses those so well. And I'm not just saying that to make him feel good, but it's true. And I don't think he always sees those gifts, but he uses them so well. And so that's a that's a very important thing. And when we see him, we should recognize him. That's one of the things that we fail as priests is we don't we don't I don't say compliment each other, but we don't fulfill each other in letting them know that we feel they're a very strong part of the Church of Christ. So very important. Very good. Well, that wraps up our discussion on Sunday's Gospel. For those who are just joining us, we're talking with uh, Father Dennis, Father Marty, and Father Mike, who are back in the saddle tonight. If you've just joined us, thanks for tuning into the show. We're happy you're here tagging along for the evening. Tell your friends about us, too, so they can listen. This week, the second half of the show, we'll pull the curtain back again and take a behind-the-scenes look at prayer. We'll start with the priests and what their prayer life involves, and then take a more general look at prayer for the rest of us. Does that sound like a deal? Sounds like a All right. So we're going to go ahead and start with the priests, and your your prayer day begins when? It all depends. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think we need to back up a little bit um, before we get into that. First of all, when we were ordained um, deacons, mm-hmm. this was a promise that we made. Do you resolve to maintain and deepen the spirit of prayer that is proper to your way of life? And in keeping with the spirit and what is required of you to celebrate faithfully the liturgy of the hours with and for the people of God and indeed for the whole world. I do. And and the thing is, you ask, you know, what time, you know, the day starts. I think it all depends. You know, I woke up at 20, this, uh, 20 after 6 this morning. Mm-hmm. I didn't start praying my morning prayer until 9 o'clock this morning. Okay. But there have been other times when I couldn't sleep at night. So I'll do my office of readings at 2 in the morning. I've been up with monks at 3.30 in the morning up at New Mallory. The thing is, I think it's important is that as priest, it's what Francis de Sales said. If you're busy, pray for an hour. If you're not busy, pray for 30 minutes. (laughs) 
I like him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but the thing is, is that, and and I know that this is going to sound kind of maybe weird, but we're paid to pray. Mm-hmm. And when you ask the question, I mean, there's been times that I've been called out in the middle of the night. I'm sure you guys have been called out in the middle of the night. And and what do people want us to do at that moment? But to pray. And and we are leaders of prayer. Mm-hmm. And unless we're praying ourselves, it's hard for us to give that gift away. Now, as priests, we pray, um, and I got to think, five, um, five of the different hours of the day. Okay. So we are to pray our office of readings. Okay. Okay. Uh, morning prayer. All right. Daytime prayer. Evening prayer. And night prayer. And basically what that does is that we consecrate the day to God. So continuously we're lifting our hearts, our minds, our souls, our voices in praise to God. Okay. Right. This this prayer the Father is referring to, it's also called the Liturgy of the Hours, and it's called the Breviary because it's a shortened version of the prayer that the monks say. And they, they have seven hours of prayer because they divide that daytime prayer into uh, the first prayer and then the prayer at midday and then the prayer at mid-afternoon. And then they have the evening prayer and the night prayer. Uh, one of the th- I'll go to confession over the air, okay? Um, one of the problems that I have, Father Marty kind of just shamed me a little bit in a good brotherly way, but he's good at keeping the hours the way they're supposed to be prayed. I'm not so good at that. I get it done, I get to 10 o'clock at night and I haven't even said morning prayer yet. That doesn't mean I don't pray in the morning, I do. But uh, sometimes I get behind in my office and the priest, cre- uh, they, kinda, they kid me about that. I, I always get it done sometime. But it may be at, not at the proper hours. And I think I'm not alone in that if I know my brother priest pretty well. But the ideal way of doing it is doing it the way the church asks of us so that we're praying at different times of the day, every day. So, so a retired priest doesn't get cut any slack on the daily oh, no. readings? Well, no. they get more slack. <laughs> <laughs> You've got more time, so the church expects you to pray more. So I, I can understand the reasoning. <laughs> yeah, I agree with the Father on my Sometimes... Depending on the nature of the day, you might not get time in the morning, yeah. but what is important is to fulfill your obligation, yeah. because it's an obligation. For example, today, in the morning, it was not easy to, to, to do the morning prayers because we are traveling from Wisconsin, coming here, but I did my morning prayers in the bus. That's okay. Yeah. So we, we don't, sometimes it is not easy. But another point I wanted to add here, when you pray, we pray first for ourselves. We need prayers. We need graces. We need the power from God to fulfill our ministry. And we need to be in union with Christ. Without prayer, we cannot do that. And then we pray for the church, meaning we pray for those who have given us intentions. We pray for those who do not even have people to pray for them. And we pray also for various needs of the people and of the society. So the priesthood without prayer I don't know how it might look like. And the thing is, is that what I find neat is that, you know, this morning I started my morning prayer at nine o'clock. Okay. I was in my office, praying the office, (laughs) you know, but you know, there are some times where I might walk out to the grotto because I have my favorite place to pray at the grotto. Okay. I have my favorite place to pray in St. Mary's and Patrick's church. I have my favorite place to pray in St. John's church in St. Paul's church. 
in my room. I have, I have many different favorite places to pray. But the neat thing is that me praying at nine o'clock, I might be praying the same prayers as a priest who is on the West Coast right. praying morning prayer. We unite our prayer together. together. The, the hard part for me is when I plan on, okay, I'm going to, you know, I might have confessions at 11, so I'm going to get to church at 10, 15, but then you get a call to do something, da, da, da. So I'm praying morning prayer like at 12, 15 in the afternoon. And what I find fun there is when you get in the early hours of the morning, I will praise you, O Lord. And I'm like, how about the early hours of the afternoon? night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I think the key there is that we give that time to God. And yes, we are to pray the bravery. You know, that's a promise that we make. But there's also, we also pray other forms of prayer. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I pray right now, and I'm being selfish here, you know, I pray the St. Peregrine Novena. That's wonderful. You know, I pray, um, I'll Saint get on. St. Peregrine, by the way, let's put this in here. He's the patron saint of those who have cancer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important yeah. to know. You know, I, I pray, you know, this new novena that I found, you know, Jesus, you take over, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, the, and here's the other thing too, that, um, you know, I put my own personality into my prayer. And so this past week, Friday evening prayer, um, Monday morning prayer and Monday evening prayer, we get this character in each of the songs by the name of Og, the King of Bashan. <laughs> Okay. And Father Dennis probably, if he heard me, probably walk by my room and look in like, what are you doing? But I always do. Oh, the king you know? And I'm sure if somebody walks by and hears me do, oh, you know, they'd be like, what is his problem? You know, but, but the other thing too, you know, like if I'm by myself, when it comes time for the gospel canicles, I'll stand. Good. You know, I stand up, you know, cause we're asked to, to do it. Um, but the other thing, too, the point I wanted to make there is that I think all of us sitting around this table and all of our listeners, there is no right or wrong way to pray. That's right. Okay. Yes, we have ritual. We, we read the black. We follow the red. Right. But in our personal prayer, there is no right or wrong way to pray. And, and the thing is, is that so often we think our prayer has to be perfect. It doesn't. What God wants is our time. God wants us. He wants our whole heart. And you mentioned the catechism earlier, Tony, so I'm going to say it. For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned towards heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. Thank you, St. Therese of Lisieux. Very good. I think that's really important to know because we get mixed up. We, we've been talking about the official prayer of the church for priests and for people who were in religious orders and, and for the laity too. It's the official prayer of the church. And we, as consecrated people, take a vow that we're going to say that prayer every day for the reasons that Father Dennis just brought up. Uh, but there's other kinds of prayer. And Father Marty kind of brought that out very beautifully. For me personally, I always say the morning offering. Soon as I before I'm out of bed, I, I sit up in bed, turn around so my feet are on the ground, but my rear end is still in the bed very securely. And uh, I say I have a little crucifix by my bed, and I always pick that up. I kiss the crucifix and I say the morning offering, which all of us as Catholic kids learned when we were in grade school, but we probably forgot it. But it, com- it, it combines everything that we're going to be doing in that day in that prayer. 
And then before I go to bed at night, it's the same ritual that I go through. When I take my slippers off, I'm sitting there on the bed. I used to kneel down, but I have a hard time getting up if I kneel down now. So I, I'm sitting on the bed, I take that crucifix, and I say, uh, Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. Then I say the Memorare, which is my favorite prayer because it's dedicated to the Blessed Mother, and also because it incorporates so many things that we need to do that maybe I've forgotten to pray for and for all the people that have asked me to pray for them. And then when I get done with that, I pray for the people who, are, who have died. Just a very simple, short prayer. My prayers are short. My homilies are long, but my, <laughs> <laughs> my prayers are short. And then uh, I say uh, that I'm sorry for all my sins. I try to make it a perfect act of contrition, saying I'm sorry because they offend God first and foremost, and then secondly, because of the problems that they bring to me. And then uh, I, uh, you know, say I'm sorry. Oh my! I say, Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on me three times. And then I turn out the light and I go to bed. So even though I may be late in getting my official office in, and in the middle of that I try to get the office in, uh, I, I still always, I am always, and I'm not saying this out of pride, but I'm always faithful to those those little prayers at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. So, Father Dennis, when you come to my funeral and you want to say something good, you remember that what I'm saying now, okay? What's your favorite prayer, Father Dennis, <laughs> to pray? For me, outside the breviary. Yeah, outside the breviary, I have St. Jude, the prayer of St. Jude. St. Jude? Yeah. Okay. So, that is my best prayer I like most. And I pray it in my language. In I your own language? Yes, good. I really feel it. And uh, I have recognized that the prayers you learn when you are young. Yeah. They become like your food. So that is. Can you do some of it? Can you say Saint, some of Saint Jude in your own language? Mungu wangu ni metu sana dambi zangu kwa ndwe mwema ndwe mwenye pendeza watu kizwa na dambi basa stai kosa tena ndafanya kitu biyo na mwemba ni mayako amina. Yeah, very that is, that. Very that good. Of it. I started by um, depend. I mean. Acknowledging as if I, I have repented my sins, mm -hmm. and then I continue. So, are you are you guys required to say mass every day? Suggested, highly suggested, recommended. We're not required though, but not we should. Not required we, to, but to. I am especially blessed here because well, Father Marty and Father James and, and Father Dennis they have a big church right across the alley from them, so they can go in there anytime. The church for me is a couple of miles away. So I got permission from the bishop to have my own little chapel. So I have a little chapel made out of a rather large closet, closet that I have, and it's right next to my bedroom. So I can pray anytime in my chapel. I can offer mass anytime. One of the nice things about being re retired is since you don't have a parish schedule, you can say mass anytime that you want to in the day, <laughs> during the morning and the afternoon. So for the first time in my life, I don't have to get up for a seven o'clock mass. I can sleep in until 10 or 11 if I want to. So yeah. unless Father Murray calls me and wants some help, then I then I have to make sure I follow the prayer schedule. Okay. And I think too, we need to realize that mass is a prayer as well too. Absolutely. Does, does prayer ever get boring or become a burden for you? Oh yeah. Sure. You know, it, it's one of the things that, and I think this is an important lesson for, for all of us. If you look at a, at a married couple, you know, you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, mm -hmm. and a lot of times you're going to be just kind of muddling along there in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way prayer is as well, too. You're going to have lows, you're going to have highs, but a lot of times it's just muddling along in the middle.
And, and I think for me, it's just showing up. It's like, you know, Yogi Berra said 99%, what is it? 99% of life is just showing up mm-hmm. or 90% of life is showing up. And, and doing the best you can. Right. And, and the thing is, um, and I don't know um, if these other two guys get this, I get distracted easy. <laughs> I mean, somebody right now could go squirrel and I'd be like, where? You know, type thing. Yeah. You know, I get distracted. Do you get distracted? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You I get distracted? Just, yeah. Very much. You know, we all get distracted. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's distractions. I, I We bring our distractions to prayer. And the thing is, is that God wants all of us. So, so oftentimes we think we can only bring the good things to God. Why not bring all of us to God? Right. You ever yell at God in prayer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Been angry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Disappointed? Mm-hmm. That's one of the beautiful things about the Psalms, because all those emotions are contained in the various Psalms. And I'm somewhat a little shocked sometimes when I read some of the Psalms about what David was saying to God in the Psalms. And he was, all those emotions come out. So falling asleep while you're saying the rosary doesn't negate the rosary, does it? No. What I was told was that the angels take over. <laughs> and, and if you if you're saying the rosary and you only say nine Hail Marys in one decade instead of ten, does that does that make it all invalid? Got to start all over? No, no, not at all. And and the thing too, you know, and it goes back to that. We think we have to be perfect in prayer. You know, there are times when um, I make up my own mysteries. Good. I do, okay. you know, like I've made up, you know, I, when, you know, when I was vocation director, I had mysteries of vocation, you know, I have, um, mysteries of healing, uh, mysteries of strength, mysteries of humor, you know, I'm not saying I do that every time, right? you know, but like tomorrow, you know, um, when we're recording this, it's the day before, you know, our lady of, of sorrows, right? you know, why not do maybe seven decades instead of five reflecting on the sorrows of Mary. Mm-hmm. And also, um, in this world, I mean, in this situation of prayers, mostly God looks at your intention. Are you really intending to connect yourself to your super being? What is your goal? Is it what you are asking? Maybe if it is a prayer of petition, is it a genuine? Mm-hmm. Are you sincere in your heart? And how do you put into practice the fruits of your prayer? Do you live a, a prayer of life? Because the prayer of life is different from the regular life. If you are a prayerful person, there are changes in your life. Such a oh, thing. Okay. Yeah. Because the prayer will transform you. So do, do we show that transformation in our daily life? Okay. And you don't, you don't always have to use certain words. In fact, it's, it's not necessary for it to be a prayer. You've got, I always go back to the definition of prayer is the, ra- prayer is the raising of the heart and mind to God. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So you might think, well, if I think about God, is that a prayer? Certainly, if it's, a, if it's one of the things that we are doing in relationship to God, to adore him, to ask for his forgiveness, to ask for to tell him we're sorry for our sins, all of those things. It's the raising of the heart and the mind to God. So you, when, when St. Paul tells us to pray always, we can pray always. That doesn't mean saying the Hail Mary every time you take a breath. It just means, you know, the great saints, they, they were constantly in line with God in prayer. They were constantly praying because their mind was, was untent upon the things of heaven. And we can do the same thing. And you have to remember, too, you, know, you mentioned Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm think I know the day that you met Mother Teresa. I'm guessing it's when she received Pachamanteras. Right. 
Okay, because that's a big night for the Getz family as well, too. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Because that was the night that Father Getch, not Getz, but Getch, yeah. took a group of kids from Kilcock and they got caught in a flash flood and oh. we lost our station wagon that night. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, you know, what was the big news after Mother Teresa's death? She went through, what, 50 years of a dark night of the soul? Desolation mm -hmm. of the soul. Yeah, yeah, desolation. That's part of prayer. And what yeah. does that mean, really, specifically? For me, it's it seems that God is far away oh, when he yeah. really isn't. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the other thing is we keep talking about these prayers that we say, but in any relationship, okay? Tony, if you go home and you're the only one doing the talking mm -hmm. and you're not listening to Mrs. Miller, hi, Sandy, um, <laughs> you're going to get in trouble, aren't you? Oh, yeah. And and that's the thing too is that that was tonight actually. Yes. <laughs> but we need that we need to listen for that small voice that God whispers to us. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've been praying for a lot is for wisdom and understanding of God's voice in my life. Now I pray for that. Do I take the time to listen? Sure. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the key. Yeah, I had a I had a very dry Lent this year, and I finally realized it was because I wasn't taking the time to listen. Mm -hmm. I was doing all the talking. But you were also showing up. Well, yeah. And that's the key. Okay, we're running slow on time here, so I got one final question. How, how would someone who wants to jumpstart their prayer life get started? Um, where would they go for help? And um, how involved, well, we've kind of talked about that. And, and talk a little bit about the Magnificat and where that would fit in in that plan. Well, I can, I can take this if that's all right. Sure. My, my advice to anyone who wants to start to pray, just do it. <laughs> okay? No, take the time. Put yourself in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Okay? It doesn't have to be worded prayers. It can be whatever you want. Just speak what's on your heart. It could be contrition. It could be adoration. It could be thanksgiving, petition. Um, There's so many ways. But my advice is just do it. Now, if you want a more formal approach, contact one of the three of us and then the one priest who isn't here. He's off at baby priest school, you know. Um, uh, but no, teach, reach out to us and we'll talk to you about ways to get started. Because one of the things that you mentioned was, because there's two great options, and I know there's more. But there's two great options. One is called the Magnificat. Okay. And it's got, you know, prayers in it for the um, for the morning, for the evening. It's got the mass prayers in it with the reflection. Okay. So that would be good. And then give us this day. Okay. Um, those are little booklets. Little booklets you can get. Okay. You know, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, look at the resources that we provide here at the parish. Give us this day. Um, you know, we have little living faith booklets. It just gives you a little reflection on, on what the readings of the day are. And there's a couple of apps, too, you know, that you can go to as well. One is called Amen. It's from St. Augustine Institute. Um, there's another one um, called Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W. Um, Bishop Barron's on there. Father Schmitz is on there. Um, Brett Favre, the Green Bay quarterback, is on there. Um, you know, um, you can also download The Office on there. There's lots of apps out there, but if you want to know a good one, contact one of the priests. 
Uh, maybe not Father Mike for the apps. I don't know how tech savvy you are. Um, but, no, no, um, please. I don't think he can get those on his foot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just, just reach out and we can and point you in the right direction. Very good. Um, Father Marty, would you like to uh, close the show with a blessing for us? I would. And I'm going to use what we, um, what we do a lot at the end of night prayer, if that's okay. Sure. So we've done the closing prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. May the all-powerful Lord grant us a restful night and a peaceful death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, with that, our discussion of prayer has come to an end. Pastor's perspective for next week, the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we'll move on to chapter 17 in Luke's Gospel. And in honor of Respect Life Sunday, we will be talking about respecting life from conception to natural death, and some of the ways our society has failed to adhere to that basic human right. Until next week, remember God loves you and has a plan for your life. Christ died to save everyone, so go forth and make disciples. If you have fallen away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to come back to Mass. Consider this a personal invitation to come home to the Catholic Church. God is waiting with open arms for his lost sheep. If you are attending Mass, invite someone to join you. I'd like to thank the priests. Father Dennis, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Father Marty, thank, thank you. you. Father Mike. My pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. And Father James, we'll look to see you next week. We pray the daily cross you carry is light and your prayers to God are answered. May he bless your mission to get your earthly charges to heaven. We can use all the help you can get. I'd also like to thank the listeners for tuning in tonight. Please join us again next week here in the radio. Listen on kcdmradio.org or go to tunein.com and listen to the podcast. Check the bulletin for adoration times and First Friday opportunities to attend adoration. There is nothing like some one-on-one time with Jesus. Until then, long or short, structured or spontaneous, wherever you are, pray, pray, pray. It doesn't cost anything and the reward will last an eternity. Please join us again next week. Thank you, and good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. night. KCDM would like to let everyone know that if you haven't had a chance to listen to Pastor's Perspective, the shows are posted on our website, kcdmradio.org, and you can hear Pastor's Perspective anytime you have time to listen to them. Drop into the website and give us a listen. You can hear Pastor's Perspective every evening at 9 o'clock after the Rosary on KCDM. You can also pick up the show at 5 p.m. on Saturdays and 2 p.m. on Sundays. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 